Hello, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 6 of Little Grey Cells, a Poirot podcast. My name is Chris Thurston, and tonight I am joined by a very restless Philippa War. Hello! And a very special guest, my biological sister, <laughs> Rebecca Thurston. Hello. Was that a weird way of introducing you? Yes, it was very specific. It really mm. anchored things in the biology. I have no other siblings. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> That's yeah, how that works. Other, like non-biological people you would refer to as your sister. Well, uh, well there could be some. No, no, not really. The correct <laughs> answer to that is no. We've established we're related. Yes, and that's who I am. Yeah, indeed. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. People will be excited to get to meet the uh, the, the the sequel to Chris. Yes, <laughs> that more. is who I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, indeed. So we've just watched episode six of season one of ITV's Poirot, Triangle at Rhodes. Let's get a top level impression of how everyone felt about Triangle at Rhodes. A mad episode that I didn't feel made almost any sense. <laughs> Mm. Pip, what were your what was your take? Uh a lot of things happened. Mm. <laughs> but um and there was a lot of gesturing. They they went on tour. It was Poirot lads on tour. Well, well, just well lads. It was just mm. yeah. Just the HP. But Yeah. A strange one. Definitely a strange <laughs> one. Becky, what was your it, it was a sinister holiday mood board. <laughs> Less of a detective story, more of a series of negative holiday experiences. <laughs> Culminating in something for Poirot to do. Yes. But very deep in the episode. Very, very deep. Yeah, um, there was a lot of setup. <laughs> so, uh, and that setup began, this felt like, what's the opposite of in medias res? Like, not the middle of things. Non-Medius. Yeah. But, like, fucking out of Medius res. Like, yeah. like the, it was just not Medius res. It was, it, was it starts... Mediterranean. 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 Thank you for trying. Thanks, this is why I specified biological we, symptoms, because yeah, people helps. will be able to tell. Um, so, the... It begins outside uh, Pyro's home in London where a postman is receiving the mail. And the only purpose to this scene is to establish that Pyro isn't there. Well, the postman's delivering the mail if That's he was true. receiving the it. That's true. The doorman is, be a post is box. The postman and the doorman. Or the They're men. talking. They're having a chat. Yeah, there's two men. And actually, they make a compelling case for initial opening scene extras of the week. Mm. And it's a testament to the quality of the extras in this episode that they're nowhere near. I think it's a very important scene. It lets us establish that it's only the leisure class that can go on holiday. Indeed. Hastings is off, and I quote... Shooting at things. <laughs> Shooting things. at things. <laughs> things. <laughs> very vague. Nice to just keep the option open that it's people. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Having met Hastings, fairly accurate. Yeah. He's just shooting in the air. He's hoping for the best. But he's probably having a lovely time. He is. But somewhere else, because at first I, I, I wondered whether they might be on all on holiday together, but no, very separate holidays. Yes, they've all gone on separate holidays. <laughs> at the same time. At the same time. I wonder time. where Miss Lemon is. She's probably gone to see her sister. Yeah. Mm. She's being shot at. <laughs> <laughs> She's chased across the field. Implicitly, for this entire entire episode, just being chased across the field by Hastings. Um, but no, Poirot is in, as the title of the episode might suggest, Rhodes. <laughs> <And> triangle. <laughs> A lovely picture of some goats to mm. uh, to his doorman yeah. for some reason. This is not a detail we needed. No, and we'll yet, see the goats ourselves later. Mm. But also, what I'm saying is from a simple like story construction point <laughs> of view, like three weeks before anything happened, I sent a postcard of a goat to my doorman. <laughs> Here is an account of the three weeks before anything happened. <laughs> well, maybe it's sort of there to to lay the impression that perhaps we could have gone even further into the weeds with this <laughs> exactly. story. Maybe we should be thankful that they got to the point as quickly <laughs> as they did. This is as media ass rest as we're going to yeah, go. Exactly. <laughs> Like, we could have followed him into, like, pastoral idyls and Arcadian sort of, you know, goat herding. We could have watched him choose the postcard. If, Mm. you know, if you, if you want to create a pyro from scratch, you must first invent the universe. Mm. Um, so then we do, we do go to Rhodes. And by all accounts, it was Rhodes, or at least like Jersey. It looked extremely like Rhodes. No, it did not look like Jersey. (laughs) Jersey. (laughs) Watched Lovejoy. Wasn't. Okay, definitely wasn't. Um, and it's immediately, obviously it's the Italian Empire, but it's immediately extremely Rhodes, the British Empire, and all the people, like, mm. basically it's just people in khaki running through marketplaces full of extras, um, waving hats. It's British really toffs and fascists. Yes. Yes. Toffs and fascists. It's more taupe. Taupe. 
Not khaki. I would say. Imperial sort of taupe. light coloured, you know. Yeah, like I would say it was lighter. The There's leisure classes of... on holiday, kind of, you know, it's their, it's what they wear in the Mediterranean. Yeah, exactly. Mm. They just say pale. Uh, we see a woman being chased through the streets by a bouncy man in a mm. hat that he oh, keeps yes. waving. This is the very beginning of the episode. This gives you the sense that perhaps this woman being chased and this man chasing her will be integral to the mystery that's about to unfold. Spoiler warning. No mystery for a while. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ain't happening. Got some moves, guys. First. <laughs> um, uh, I, the, I, my only other note for this section is the phrase, sheep don't want go. <laughs> they were in the way. So there's a lot of like, there's a man plucking a chicken. There's uh, some people tugging in sheep. That's, that's basically like the mood board is being kind of set up here. I yes, think maybe some generic just, othering. I <laughs> exactly. I honestly wonder whether, like, part of the the stipulations of filming in roads might have been like to sort of highlight particular things. You know, like make it look sheep tugging, pretty, or do you know? Mm, what I mean? Yeah, maybe, maybe make it look like a pleasant place to go on holiday. Yeah, maybe that's why they offset the murder as deep as they do. It's like yeah. roads. No. Half an hour of it isn't a murder. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was part of a short story collection, so it might have been one of the ones that's a bit woolly and a bit like, "I'll oh, get to the point." Mm. Oh well, I'm only here. So what you're saying? <laughs> so what you're say. saying is the intro, the the moment in the very beginning of the episode where you see a man attempting to tug a recalcitrant woolly thing into position is a bit of fabulous visual metaphor. <laughs> For wrestling the narrative. Exactly. The woolly narrative just wants yes. to bar and poo. Mm. And indeed, it will continue to do so. Um, we then cut to our first glimpse, and it's been a bit of a while, to travel variant Poirot. Mm. His hat is quite the thing. It is. <laughs> it's ever so slightly too tall. <laughs> so it looks more like the sort of hat a, a sort of a, a, a maiden aunt would wear to church. Mm. Or, I like to think or to a fate. I like to think of this as kind of like the player two variant colour scheme yes. Poirot. Yeah. Like if you mm. pick two of him in Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> they, they both use twiddle mustache. <laughs> exactly. It's super effective. We crossed our streams there a bit, but well, I crossed them. Um so uh the uh, the lady who's being chased, Pamela, bursts out of a side street and as far as anyone can tell, kidnaps Poirot. She has learned that if you spot a human man, you can simply take his arm and then take him on holiday for the rest of the episode. episode yeah. <laughs> well, he- she does the thing that I am fairly sure that I have done, which is spot someone that you kind of know and then grab their arm and force them into conversation <laughs> so that you can avoid the person who is pursuing you and yes. you really don't want to talk to. It becomes clear that she's not being chased by like an aggressor mm. uh, so much as being she's being chased by a jemble. <laughs> um, uh, in which, in this case, the galloping major bonds. Mm. Um, but I the- felt a bit sorry for well, the whole thing was a bit weird because she's obviously uh, escaping being pursued, and so she's clutching like a pot, which to, uh, like a vase or something, or an oh. urn, which turns out to have nothing to do with anything. <laughs> I kind <laughs> of wondered does. whether she was like thieving something. Yeah, me too. I, I thought she was going to turn out to be. About, yeah. But um, and then it just turned out no, it was just. A slightly awkward British <laughs> encounter yeah. between and two people. We will we will subsequently find things out about Major Barnes later in the episode that are semi-important. <laughs> what is never explained is why he is chasing Pamela. If you think about what his actual mm. like mm. when you find out who he is and everything else, there is an explanation for why some of some of the things he's doing are a front, right? Spoiler right up front, like to cover mm. for other things. This isn't. She she remarks, at least he's not a bottom pincher, but apparently he just chases women from time to time. It's his boss. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. maybe he just, like, liked her. I mean, obviously, that's yeah. not really an excuse to see someone through the streets who doesn't want to talk to you. But, <laughs> like, uh, you know, I don't think all of these things necessarily have to be linked to your profession. Mm. They hadn't invented jogging yet, Chris. <laughs> you needed someone to chase <laughs> Exactly. Like a greyhound track. Um <laughs> We got our first glimpse of uh, uh, recurring background characters in this episode that are really just there for flavour. But there are some pretty sassy fascists in this in this episode. Italian fascists, yes. No, that doesn't uh, work. That doesn't That's work. Bad. Um, by sassy, I mean specifically they're always shown like on street corners, like leaning on things and flexing, <laughs> which makes Italian fascism come across more like being in like a gang from West Side Story. Mm. They are, they do have the hip juts. They do, yeah. They all look like the, swings. The, they they're yeah. all ready to get like. 
the down with jets is what i'm saying yeah. like i was about to flick my fingers but that's pretty bad for podcast but like mm. or yeah or there's like a little element of grease you know what i mean the other kind <laughs> like not yes not this <laughs> just realized yeah yeah as it yes as in like they're about to start saying about sandy yeah. right i assume that's kind. more just <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty sandy in grease I've oh that's kill more me just, uh, <laughs> lay the the sort of groundwork or you know to to do some of the uh context of like when it's set right yes yeah it's um it's uh well it's set in a time uh during instability in europe and, and a rise to global fascism and, and so we can establish that the british are ignoring it yes exactly um, it came out i think the short story was published in 37 Right. So nothing bad is going to happen. Let's all go on holiday. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, there's a bit of a pall over the fates of certain characters and this as a consequence. Uh, nonetheless, we do need to kind of like probably get a move on because we've been talking about this episode for like 10 minutes and we, and nothing's happened in the episode and nothing will happen for about another half an hour. So, uh, we do meet at this point basically, uh, like, well, I thought it was at one point, I thought it was about three different British holiday making posh couples. And I've only written just too many toffs in big letters. It's actually only two couples. Mm. There are the Golds. Douglas and Marjorie. One of whom is Doug- helpfully ginger. Yes. To remember their Helps names. you pick them out. <laughs> and the other is, uh, Chandries. Chantry. Chantry. Chantries. It's Chantry, I think. Is it Chancy? Sorry. Tony and Pokemon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Valentine and Tony. Tony. <laughs> Which is a mismatch of names. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And Tony. Um, she is a, uh, uh, big hat wearing, uh, multiple married, uh, a married lady. Much- she walks out of every car and door as if she's Rose at the beginning of Titanic. Yes. In an, ad- in a- in an appropriately sized And she yeah. has enormous cigarette holder. She's Corella Deville, by the way, of Lucille Bluth. Mm. Um, <laughs> the uniform agreement there. <laughs> um, the, um, her husband is, uh, what you might call like. Budget John Hamm. I was gonna say, fashion the- I was gonna icon. say, I was gonna say the Aldi Cary Grant. Um, <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Uh, he's a big, he's a big man. Uh, not big. With he, small shorts. Uh, Pam describes him as, ooh, a gorilla. Oh, uh, okay. I think well, he's a big dude. He comes across as big relative to little Mr. Douglas Gold. Gold, yeah. Oh, does he? I thought he was a pretty big guy. There was, there was some towering. He sort of looms. He's a commander, sort of. Yeah, but a commander in a really tight bathing suit with some there, adventurous yeah. cutouts. So, um, <laughs> Douglas hates that Tony has taken the cars to the hotel that can't fit all of them, so they have to it wait. Was still on that. Yeah, I know. We're getting there. He hates that. Um, but his wife seems to love the place. Uh, Valentina looks like she hates everything. <laughs> Tony specifically hates. Well, Valentine's just quite languid. She is. Um, and. Uh, basically, they all, they all hate everything about they this holiday. They hate being on holiday. They hate this. They've only just got here. It's all, it's shit. Except Marjorie is like, I think it looks lovely. And he's like, well, if you will have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> it's just cranky. Uh, uh, we do see them the next morning at the beach. Um, mm. so it should be noted, Pyro is here, but he's, he's been kidnapped by Pamela. He was simply staying at the hotel and yes. now he's their friend. So there is the 70th. He's been commandeered, I think, is probably the, the more. Yeah. Uh, another bit of foreshadowing. Um, there's a, there's a, um, there's, there's definitely an element of like pyro things. Whenever they leave the country, every British person knows every other British person, right? Like as soon as you're on a train in a different country or on a boat, they, I wonder if like that's actually f- accurate. Probably that is. Way. That's it's just ha- because yeah. like if you are one of the few people or one of the handful of people in the country who can afford to mm. do those things, mm. then maybe you will know each other because mm. you're all bloody on holiday yeah. or in the same ballroom. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose maybe it's that thing where you make one friend on like a big holiday and that's your best friend now. Well, but it's very like, much like he's at camp and he's made his one camp friend. And yes, have yeah. To hang out like I would describe it from my Cambridge journalism years is he has his one press trip friend now. <laughs> Well, also, Pamela needs someone to make asides to, like, little <laughs> yes. observations. So they are on the beach. Pyro is under his sun lounge, dressed exactly as he would be anywhere else. Um, <laughs> Full bow tie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> she is sat next to him, uh, just observing all of the other women. Uh, Valentine is up on a kind of raised, you know, beach area with Tony, um, who is where I want you to describe what he is wearing. Because you see his I mean, balls. Pip used to work in fashion <laughs> journalism, so I feel you're probably best positioned to talk about exactly what's happening with those cutouts. Well, oh god, yeah, Ooh. it's a—he's it, basically wearing the uh, like a, a 
plain black version of a three-year-old's dungarees. It's got some very adventurous bra strap action. Yeah, with like some cutouts on the side panels. Um, And yes, it, it is rather... It's, snug there's it's also not helped by the way this whole sequence is shot because obviously because uh because <laughs> douglas and uh margaret arrive marjorie. marjorie marjorie just gets immediately in the sea and just swims out to sea it's like <laughs> basically out of this scene Bye. and douglas just stands completely still on the beach and visibly gets redder in every shot back at him so you get a shot of tony and his mankini and then back to douglas and then back to tony and obviously because they probably filmed this over quite a long day in the sun uh douglas a ginger man gets physically redder and redder and redder probably faster than you would in this if this was real time but <laughs> probably because of the production of the scene he is physically like beetroot red by the, the end of it <laughs> i think i quite liked how douglas is dressed more like a circus strongman yes mm. yes he is yeah and none of this serves a real purpose except to establish that he sort of seems to be into valentine valentine valentine, valentine. Yeah. um who um oh but he does issue so we had established before this because you know there's a lot of people just not wearing very many clothes apart from pyro and we it felt very early because he'd been kidnapped by this woman that this was quite a randy episode everyone is extremely horny and feels the need to triangulate it through hercule that's the triangle yeah Yeah. he is the locus of horn like (laughs) when valentine's like oh i can't open my red nail polish which is a thing you do at the beach yeah Yeah. like so douglas like goes over and is like a massive show of strength opening some nail varnish and she's so grateful (laughs) oh then tony comes down and there's like a little scene i've opened your wife's nail varnish tony what are you gonna do about it shake Um, hands and in a, a faintly aggressive way. <laughs> One of the great lines of this is, is just before that when uh, someone asks, like, oh, Douglas, why aren't you getting in the sea? To which he replies, I like to hot my get myself hotted up first and have my dip later. We <laughs> <laughs> imagine which, a lovely tzatziki, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just whap it in there. Um, yes, it's just uh, he seems to forget his wife's name because she's swam too far out to sea. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, the, uh, and then, uh, and, uh, Pam Toparo kind of coyly observes all of this happening. The, uh, the, the frisson between Douglas and Valentine and just draws a perfect triangle in the sand. Like, <laughs> that is as not Christ a might. <laughs> like, um, as, and, and Christ didn't do that. That was Michelangelo is the apocryphal story of really? the massive perfect I mean, circle. I, I'm not sure he ever, I, I wasn't seriously suggesting that Jesus drew a triangle in the sand to indicate who want bone. <laughs> Maybe should have the father. Yeah, exactly. That's, we're getting to, and that is basically the only triangle at road. So we got that out of the way. Uh, none of this is relevant yet, really. But we'll get there. Um, um, so uh, as uh, then we, we they're all going for walks, and all the couples are kind of splitting up in different directions. So uh, Power ends up going for a walk with um, Marjorie, Marjorie, Margaret, Marjorie, I keep, Marjorie. I keep forgetting her name. Is it um, because she's at sea? Yes, <laughs> and. Um, and uh, and there's a great bit where uh, Valentine and Douglas end up on a walk together, and she says something like, "Oh, did your wife not cut?" And he's like, "Oh no, I, I don't know where she is." She's like, I don't know where my husband is either. I suppose we'll just have to have fun together. And then she kind of like horns him out of the shot, <laughs> like she literally physically pushes him out of the frame mm. to the left um, with her sheer force of like, "Ooh, extra marital fun!" That turns out to be nothing whatsoever. <laughs> um, trying to get to the next important bit. Uh, It'll be a while. It will be a while. <laughs> mm. um, oh, another very important thing to note. The, I think it was you pipped, pipped out, pipped out, Pip. You pipped it out, uh, which is, well, so Pyro goes for a short walk with, with Margaret where nothing of note really happens. Marjorie. Marjorie. Uh, with Maggie, big M, uh, the Emster, uh, where, and in this entire scene, she's talking about her husband and their time together and how lovely, et cetera, et cetera, how lovely the place is. She doesn't have any arms. Becky pointed this out. Oh, yeah. She's got her cardigan draped. She's doing a respectful kind of walk with her hands behind her back, but it is quite comic in the scene because it just looks like she's got sort of jellyfish. She keep, yeah, she keeps her arms. She doesn't ever show her arms in the scene. And she's got a sort of pleasant gauzy um, cardigan on, which just kind of floats in the scene, making her look quite silly. Yes. And, um, and I think it was at this point, it's such a bizarre image when you notice it, that she's sort of standing there with these sort of floppy ghost arms, that this entire thing started to take on this kind of surreal quality for me. Cause Can any of us remember what happened in that scene, apart from that she didn't she's, have it's when, in her It's when she seems to try and... Assist, so Marjorie um, uh, sort of uh, comes across early as like somebody who is quite chaste and serious 
unlike Valentine. It's because she's called Marjorie and she wears a bathing cap. Yes, and has no like arms. Vamping with her nails. Yeah, on and, her and this is spoilers. A bit of a bait and switch, and and so she gets the point across to Pyro that she feels sorry for Valentine. She's been so unlucky with all of those husbands, and isn't that awful? And it must and, be terrible being so sexy. Yes, it's awful. <laughs> it's not her fault really, but she is damned sexy. <laughs> And like me, with my floppy little ghost arms. Um, then, uh, so, um, there's just, a, what have I written? <laughs> well, then, don't they get back to the, to the hotel and then, like, what's his chops? Toby Chantry sachets along in a, uh, in his, oh, in his yes, that's what, I've, that's what I've written. I couldn't, robe combo. I, I didn't understand my own notes, but it says Tony is working it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sashays along in his bathing suit and robe combo. And hat. And a little yeah. hat. And glasses. And he is clearly not okay with <laughs> Valentine. So if you're listening to this and you haven't watched the episode and you wonder why we're describing this kind of weird fever dream in which Pyro barely features. Mm. That's, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, they uh, they all seem to be falling out, but then uh, somebody suggests a an activity for the next day. They all climb a lot of stairs. And I really thought Pyro was going to complain, but he doesn't. Mm. Uh, the they they get to a little church at the top. Some plot business. Yeah, well, some little bit of clue for later. The mystery of this one is not hard. <laughs> um, so what happens in that bit? Yeah, they do some Catholicism, Christopher. There's a tiny and it's, a, it's helpful Tucson. for later. Yeah, and then they look at the snake. Yes, well, <laughs> basically the entire mystery you're about to experience is encapsulated in this one scene. Yeah, Douglas goes up to his little chapel, crosses himself. Poirot, also a Catholic. Crosses himself. They see a viper. They all look at the viper and go, "Oh shit, a snake. <laughs> that's a snake." Uh, Mar- Marjorie says something really stupid, like, "Oh, you can you can see the patterns so closely." It's like, well, it's, you're physically looking at a snake. Like you can see everything about this snake very closely because you're physically looking. Very much a three dimensional real snake. <laughs> yeah, that's just a real snake. Uh, no one is is unkind enough to point this out to her. She, um, uh, my next note is simply, "I hate this." Tony, um, because he hates this, he hates this walk, he hates everywhere they're going, and then when they descend and go to lunch, he hates the very sad-looking liar player that walks past. Mm. Who looks and like they're a all having a lovely pink piece. gin, though, aren't they? Mm, the first instance of pink gin. Wow! In this in this two minutes, you do get every key you do object, get every clue, mm. and the and the pink gin is particularly conspicuous because someone says, "Is this wine?" and it's actually pink gin, and you realise they're drinking wine glass sized portions of gin. Yeah. No wonder they're all horny and strange <laughs> yeah. for this so, entire episode. I was in Milan recently and I drank quite a lot of like, Aperol spritzes, which are also sort of a similar kind of sized portion of spirits. And I was, yeah, it was just, it was a fake. <laughs> I think they probably I jammed a bunch. Yeah. I think they probably jammed a bunch of ice in there, to be fair. But yes. yeah, they would have been plastered. Not, yeah. <laughs> this makes a lot more sense if you think everyone is plastered. This mm. was like British people in the 30s. But like, we, and to be fair, we're not known for our restraint on ho- Mediterranean holidays. Which is something Hercule Poirot gets some mileage out of making wry asides about how British people are on holiday. Yeah, but they... Why does he hang out with them? Because he's been abducted. It's like his it's desire... Like that. It was just goats. <laughs> yeah, it's like his desire to be civil mm. to Pam has actually short-circuited him in some I quite profound way. I think he quite likes I think he does Pam. as well. It's like if if Hastings had been there, you know how he gets around redheads. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, so during this, uh, he'd fall right for Douglas. <laughs> uh, during this uh, escapade, um, uh, Marguerite, Margarita, Margaritaville turns to uh, turns to uh, everyone at the table, and basically out of nowhere says, "I don't believe in divorce." <laughs> I hate it. To which Tony responds by giving her a full screen death stare as we enter a very strangely directed sequence of everybody getting a full shot of them going, well, saying one word. It's like if Before Midnight was directed by Yorgo Lanthimos. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this situation, which doesn't actually get that heated, there's a sort of... Um, it's just awkward it's just the way awkward. that British dinner parties yes. get It's also awkward. worth noting no one eats dinner except for Poirot, who conspicuously orders... Orders spit on a bowl or something. <laughs> bowl <laughs> on spit. <laughs> it's lamb kidneys it's on, on stewards. Yeah. It's our favourite... Do I have your assurance that this is the kidneys of the lamb on a stick? Yes. 
then I would I have, have spit on the bowel. I have understood the joke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but anyway, so Marjorie, uh, whatever the fuck her name is, um, <laughs> rescues this situation for herself by simply fleeing in a straight line from the table yeah. to the horizon. She just gets up and runs. That's like, her answer to everything, isn't it? It's just to head to the horizon. Yes, yeah, yeah. Another, another, another yeah. precursor. Maybe there's more to this episode than we initially thought. Um, we have to really tease it out though, because otherwise it's just yeah. nonsense. Uh, and there's there's a little fracas at dinner. Um, Pyro happily eats and drinks through it. Um, and then he goes to find, um, uh, b- 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 f- fuck, um, Angela Merkel. Um, Are you Marjorie? Really I, yeah, I can't. What the fuck is her name? <laughs> oh, to hold the sign. Which one is it? Marjorie. Okay. He goes to find Marjorie. And she's standing on a cliff. Uh, I thought she might kill herself or something but though no, that would be something happening in that this was episode. the point where i remembered how the episode goes <laughs> yeah and she's looking lonely that's not a word out to sea um and then poirot is real weird <laughs> like, leave madame before something terrible happens and she goes oh, you're frightening me mm. and he goes yes yes, yes. <laughs> Um, he says, leave this island if you value your life. Oh, that's the one. Yeah. Bit of a rad hurry. And I've just written, this episode is so weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, so he basically, this, I, I think this is an interesting thing because Pyro has fig, no. He has figured it out at this point. Yeah. Out, but, but sort of, but it hasn't happened. This is the point, and this comes up later, because is this spoiler, spoilers to say that later someone asks him, why didn't you do anything? And he establishes he's a precog. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. this but is, then he chooses like, but, not to do anything about it. Like this it. drunk he's 30s like, minority I report. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't go to the police and say someone has murdered in their heart. Yes, you can. You, you can. You could at we'll least get say. There, but you can. <laughs> you can say, I'm pretty sure this person is about to murder this person for this reason. You can... That's a thing. He strongly establishes he is against, at this point, conspiracy report. report. Yeah. yeah, conspiracy to commit murder is a crime. Yes, it is. <laughs> anyway, we'll get there, but yes. Um, so there's... Um, and then then uh, the Tony episode changes completely uh, because what this needed was an abrupt shift away from being anything about what it was just about. <laughs> and so uh, we join, like, so Pamela on the beach, she's with Pyro. She's loving this drama. Both of the couples are fractured. Things are falling apart, except then they're not. Both, oh yeah, no, they go back to being Both mates. couples reunite. Everyone's loose and, and everyone's best friends. clothes. And if this sounds abrupt, it is. It's just everyone's best friends now. Like they, the, this, this whole build up towards a kind of uh, split, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. All of the ladies go dancing and taking photos in a big henge. They're very silly. Mm. It's very silly. It's, it's got like a little bit of sort of pissed British back eye to it. Maybe that's only the Greek setting. But there's, <laughs> there's something about, they just run off into the, they're silhouetted and dancing and it's yeah, really strange. For like two seconds, right. all the men are playing snooker in the dark. <laughs> mm. Yes. Yeah. Um, Except Poirot, who's standing very far away. Well, he's trying to leave. That's true, yes. He's that's packing a, his things. There's, there's a very important a, subplot wherein Poirot doesn't leave. Yes. Well, and also a, a subplot to that subplot where he gets snickety with the with the maid because she's packing his things packing wrong. his tie. Yeah. He gets yeah. so snippy when people don't pack his things just so. And there's another subplot about Major Barnes. Remember him, oh, the yeah. chasey bouncy man from the start of the episode who's otherwise not featured in this at all? He's back, everybody. And he um, he has... Uh, they stay for one extra meal in the, in the hotel that evening, Pyro does, because Major Barnes has caught some excellent mullet. Or has or he? Or has he? He hasn't. Pyro at this point does his first bit of detective work of the episode. And also his sickest burn. It is his sickest burn. <laughs> uh, the, the major uh, re- jovial red-faced chap bounces over to him and says, you know, did you enjoy the mullet, Pyro? To which he replies, the mullet was excellent. Where did you buy it? And like an actual series of air horns go off as a pair of sunglasses descend <laughs> onto Pyro's face and a gif of some fire. In case we haven't established <laughs> it, he is supposed to be fishing during yes. his time. Yes. Oh yeah, we should have established that. Um, the guy's excuse for being there is that he's fishing all the time. Pyro at this point reveals he's not been fishing. He's been buying the fish. Through sass. Through sass. Um, and um, I thought at this point that meant that the major was the real villain and Poirot was on holiday to track the major because he was a spy. <laughs> and a fish, a fish fraud. <laughs> a fish fraud. Uh, no, that's not the case at all. He, The major... Schmerder. So we can get this out of the way. The major is a spy. Mm. You believe that he is spying on the Italians yes. for the British. Mm. And that his bumbly affront... He's anti-fascist, not into fishes. <laughs> <laughs> <God. laughs> <Nice. laughs> 
I don't know why I went to the Venga bus then, but I didn't know where else the to Venga go. The Venga bus is coming and everybody's jumping. jumping. That would actually, if we were going to modernise this, that's how, like, that's how Poirot attempts to leave. Well, it is very much an 18 to 30s holiday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Club Med. Meanwhile, back at Club Med. 1930s. <laughs> hey! <Sorry>. Hey! <laughs> thank you, thank you. Oh, God. Everyone's when... loose tonight. <laughs> bum, 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 bada, dum, bum, bum. Uh, we have to say, oh, God. So, um, anyway, so, uh, Tony and Douglas are friends now. And everyone bursts into the bar, and they're all like, "Fucking pink gin!" And <laughs> <laughs> everyone is conspicuously ordering a drink nobody has ever heard of. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were drinking it earlier, right? It's what they were drinking. Like uh, Valentine mentions it Valentine's once. Valentine's obsessed with pink. Gin. She she's she obsessed with it. So into it. And um and then they have it at lunch, and Tony says, "Like, what is this pink gin? It's shit. I hate it. I hate this holiday. I hate you." It is one of the more <laughs> self-explanatory drinks. Yeah, it is. It's pink gin. Um. <laughs> Apart from uh, a Marguerite, Marguerite, oh, are you faking it? No, I genuinely have gotten Marguerite. Marguerite. <laughs> Marguerite. There we go. Um, who what? orders a gin and ginger beer? Are you like this Game of Thrones? Because <laughs> it's literally Marguerite. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's because I confused myself that it was either Marguerite or Margaret, and now every time I think of it, I think of I think of it correctly, and then go, but was it Margaret? You know, no, you ever done that? It's a bit of meta. It's kind of. A- but was it Margaret? <laughs> No, uh, no it wasn't. <laughs> um, so, a couple of things happen at once. Uh, we, we appreciate nothing's happened at all yet. Um, so, Pyro <laughs> has gone to the docks to leave. The HP is trying to get the yeah. boat the hell he out of his life. Hopping this Venga bus and getting the fuck out. Uh, he it's gets. Venga boat, really. <laughs> the Venga boat. The Venga boat is leaving and yeah. Pyro is jumping with rage. He wants um, <laughs> to get on his, uh, night sleeper carriage cabin so the Venga boat. It's yeah. very much like Dracula. He's going to want to get put in his coffin and taken home. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, he's detained by a very angry, shouty, uh, Italian customs officer uh, who will detain him for the, um, for the uh for the duration we cut back to the bar where hail hail whoever we've gotten to the medius res <laughs> things are happening now oh, valentine feels a little bit queer she's got a cough and you two are basically shouting someone poison her <laughs> at this point and someone has mm. um and she takes a long time to die it's there's some really beautiful prop work if you do watch this episode in, enjoy watching when she death like she demonstrates her moment of death by throwing her cigarette on the floor in a really I'm dramatic sad that we didn't have it in widescreen at that point <laughs> it's like that that could have been given a bit more space mm. by the camera person i feel that's true mm. yeah it's it's she really does make the most of it and then she, she does die um she just sort of collapses onto the bench and they all leave her there they all leave her there <laughs> and um it's there's she's a, been in it longer than most murder victims yes yeah, true that. that is true yeah playing a cadaver on Poirot she gets the most out of that role <laughs> and um and there's a great close up shot of her just dead there's no reason for this kind of like establishing like look how wonky she's gone kind of <laughs> shot but it's there um Pam knows exactly the Belgian to rope back in. Well, at this point, Tony is very much like, but that was my drink. How dare you try and kill me? Right. Yes. Yeah. Tony immediately turns on Douglas. Mm. They're not friends anymore. They were friends for two minutes in the middle of this episode. Um, How quickly things change. Yeah. How delicate the homosexual fabric of snooker. (laughs) Indeed. The thin green velvet line <laughs> between manly friendliness and barbarism. Yeah, and I'll see you hang for this, Douglas. <laughs> those are the two. He does say that. that. Those are the two settings men have. <laughs> Snooker and hanging. Yeah, exactly. It goes from good shot, Douglas, pink gin, to I'll see you hang for this, Douglas, very quickly. Um, <laughs> sides of the same coin. Indeed, yeah. Hanging and hanging. Yeah. So, Pamela. Yeah. <laughs> Pamela. Big Dug heads, and big tone. Heads to the coast. <laughs> To, as uh, fast as she can to try and and I don't know capture Poirot before he gets on the boat and yeah. then she sees it pull out of oh, pull shit out of the he's harbor. left this episode right as something was happening really slowly bye but then you hear bellowed from a warehouse <laughs> but I am on holiday <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank God he's been detained for some reason by customs officers who are angrier enough at him to isolate him in a warehouse and shout at him. I think he's a spy. But not angry yeah, enough at him I think he's a spy. to stop him going back. Yeah. <laughs> like, they Well, they don't want him to like leave before they've ascertained that he is who he says he is. And they have very good detective methods to ensure that he's not a spy. Well, the, he gives them his business card and as like, he oh, okay. like, leaves Which with says, Pamela Clara, not a spy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, well, this checks out. No. <laughs> so Pam bursts in and goes, Valentine, she's dead. To which Pamela replies, ah. <laughs> I thought this would happen. Yes, I thought this would happen. She's, why, this is where we get to the, why didn't you do something? It's like, well, what was I going to do? It's like, Stop you could the murder? Do anything. Anything at all, Pamela. Anything, anything <laughs> that wasn't making a cryptic remark that could have meant anything. Yes. He, he does, you know, yeah, to be, to his credit, he, he did talk to the person, to, to Marjorie to say, uh, I got it right, uh, to say, um, you know, leave this place for good reason and, and so on. But he didn't say he said it in the you voice know that of the murder of that you're considering doing. Yes, yeah, spoilers, but yes, don't. yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it's not abundantly obvious who did it by now, it's like um, who is it? What's her name, Chris? Uh, is it Melanie? Megan. Um. So, uh, no, um. So there's a good a good extra moment here. I don't think we're going to get to the most extra extra. There's um, many extra. Yes, there are um, extra so many. extras this week. Uh, mm. But the customs officer does a really good shrug <laughs> as he lets Poirot leave because Poirot gives him his business card and goes like, "I am not a spy. I am a detective." And then and then the customs officer just like he leaves and then the customs officer just turns to all the other customs officers who aren't doing anything and just goes like, "Whoop." <laughs> Which and, is, like just gestures at the card as if like oh yes. there is like he does he doesn't have like Doctor Who's like psychic paper or anything but he does have this effect on like traditional law enforcement where there's a lot of bobbies in Poirot in the London <laughs> scenes that he just does something and walks off again and they just go like oh. <laughs> fair enough um anyway so he goes back to the to the hotel to like he, check in on the he goes back to the hotel but you, the next time we see him is in is in Douglas's prison cell. Mm. And Douglas oh, yeah. is acting the shit out of this. He's so yeah, except he can't produce tears on command, so he just makes a few sobbing noises. <laughs> he's like, ah, 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 and then there's just like shaking. But he, he's so, not a Wookie. <laughs> um, the the, uh, the the thing that gets me about this is a lot of the elements of the traditional Paro uh, finale are in this episode, but in a super weird order. Mm. So in this in this instance, we do get. The confrontation with the innocent but suspicious upset man who's taken his bow tie off. This is a pyro mm. tradition, right? <laughs> like it's the guy who's he's still in his evening dress, but he's kind of <laughs> dishevelled. In a, in later seasons, they have budget for fast bender. Yes, exactly. This is <laughs> a role that will later be occupied by the, the a fast bender. And, <laughs> but traditionally, this guy is in the drawing room confrontation mm. scene, right? He's mm. nervous. He's shaking. He's got a glass of brandy in his hand, and it's getting everywhere. Mm. And then and then it's revealed that you know he didn't do it he's just a, a, a shit or something um like uh, uh but in this case douglas is like he's just a turd who's marrying his cousin and, <laughs> exactly exactly that's usually <laughs> um and um but in this case uh douglas is obviously terrified for his life and paro says like do you love your wife and she goes yes yes that's right and he, you know uh, and he's sort of you know you get the impression he's an innocent man and he says Alparo says, hold on to your faith, you're Catholic. No, are you a Catholic? Yes, hold on to your faith. It will sustain you or whatever. Yeah. Well, comfort Which, again, so Paro knows exactly what he means. Paro is saying, the fact of your faith will be a key piece of evidence that helps me save you. He says He could it. say that. Yeah. <laughs> he could say, the guy thinks he's going to hang to death. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I mean, you said it at the time, but this is like Poirot, one of his most sort of manic pixie dream detective sort of moments. Yeah, he doesn't have jurisdiction here. Nobody no. has hired him. No, I mean, the police still believe he's a spy, probably. Yeah. You know, it's not like, well, no. Um, and yeah, and so the, he then goes to visit, um, the, the police. The in, inspector. The hey. inspector. The inspector, who is... So I thought for a moment this might be a British actor really fucking going for it. My notes actually say that. It is actually an Italian actor. Well, it's an Italian actor. Who is nonetheless really fucking going for it. He's really going for it. 
Um, and I think actually for this moment and for a later scene, this guy is my extra of the week. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, because he manages. Is so, it because of his the second appearance, or is it? It's kind, well, the second appearance is the cherry on a cake that we are baking mm. in this scene. Ah. Mm. Uh, a, a cake that just, it's just it's the kind of the push and pull thrusty hand gestures the the assertions that when Englishmen get hot in the sun they yeah. just do things when the cold <laughs> English passions are inflamed by the sun yeah. or whatever it is um and Poirot is so sort of like eye rolly about it all. He's, He's just like, well, obviously his fingerprints were on the glass of poison if you made him take it out of his own pocket. <laughs> and the the inspector's like, well, <laughs> um, and uh, and yes, and um, and there's a lot of like detecto shaming, it's kind of like if you're so sure, why are you so shitted this? I'm not shitted this. I'm Poirot. Bye. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then he just leaves to plant off. And go elsewhere. I think. I think the point of the scene is that he's been denied further access to the case. That yes, be important. Then he has to get the, someone else's help. Yeah. But it's mostly just a sort of fabulous Italian <laughs> police officer. It's 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 pizza box level caricature. Yes, it is. A- but like, it is very much that Poirot is like. It's still, it still it it shores up my feeling that he doesn't have jurisdiction and he doesn't have any way of promising to Douglas <laughs> and indeed, get him off. He won't actually resolve this situation. <laughs> that guy will, <laughs> but we won't get to that because that's fucking spectacular. <laughs> um, so he goes back to the hotel. He has oh. his tisan on the terrace. Yep, uh, as if nothing has happened. As you would. Um, Nothing interrupts the Tizan schedule, my friend. No. Um, there's, a, there's a scene with Tony, but it's probably not important. He sits down with his, his friends and psychics in this adventure now, uh, Pam and the Major. Mm. And he talks about how he, you know, he, he, he knows that Douglas is innocent, but he can't get access to the thing. And then the Major, with a little twinkle in his eye, says, I happen to have a friend. Mm-hmm. I know. The forensics officer. And writes down a little note for Pyro, which presumably is like, this man is my spy friend. <laughs> Let him in, please. Yours, <laughs> Brian. Another spy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's not, um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, just a sweet little scene. It ends with Pyro doing a little, Pyro kind of like, he, I thought you would help me. Mm, <laughs> he friend. twinkles. He does twinkle. He has a little twinkle. He's mm. quite dark. You get some dark Pyro mm. in this and you also get a little bit of twinkly, mm. twinkle mm. Pyro. Well, you sort of just get like acerbic Pyro. Don't mm. you? Rather than dark Poirot, yes. you haven't seen him really mad until you get to like apart later. Tire, apart from the unpacking the suitcase. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> he gets really cranky about that. But like some of them, he gets really cross with people, like mm. leading him up the garden path or whatever. Mm. Like, he gets really, really cranky. The episode now does a pretty big leap and almost cuts ahead in the investigation. And now you might think, oh, this is a murder mystery show. Surely you wouldn't have the murder in the latter half of the episode and then speed through the fact-finding process <laughs> to a conclusion. But, mm. There's still a lot of things that they need to make time for in this episode. Yeah. And <laughs> this would not expect. And this includes a visit. So presumably whoever the major gives Pyro the details for sends Pyro to a, like, apothecary? A slash poison vendor. A po- well, slash poison vendor. I y- well, not that one yet. Like, it's the guy. So we meet... A very close oh, contender for extra guy. of the week. The, oh. the, uh, I got a, a character I've called the Yorkshire Roadsman. Oh yeah, that's just odd, isn't it? So it's a guy. <laughs> it's a bit like what's his chops from Game of Thrones? It does. The guy, who, uh, the necromancer guy. Oh, Maester, what's his? They're not Pycelle. He's not Maester, is he? He is. He is a bad Maester. Yeah, Cersei's bad Maester. Cersei's bad Maester. He looks a bit like Cersei's bad Maester, but he's in full local dress, but speaks with a Yorkshire accent. And this is and unremarkable. Yes, <laughs> it just happens. It's like like that scene earlier where Margaret didn't have arms. <laughs> she didn't. Well, she had arms. <laughs> she wasn't called Margaret. That doesn't mean that she's not called Marjorie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. What do you want from me? Um, it's just a weird scene. He says, like he he basically explains to Pam, who's now in the Hastings role fully. Um, oh, this is the kind of poison. It's from a viper. Remember that. Remember the snakes we looked at a lot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, can't buy it here, even though I own some. <laughs> um, you're going to have to find this particular poison shop <laughs> for all you your wife and husband murdering needs. Exactly. Um, that is just, it's such an odd 
Why? Why? There's no reason not to go straight to the actual point. Like, yes. there's, there's no nothing is gained by the intermediary poison shop. <laughs> no, no, indeed. Um, there's no kind of extended directions asking sequence. Nope. Oh yes, there is. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, shut me down. <laughs> You're quite right. There is. <laughs> what purpose does that serve, anybody? Uh, extras, lots of extras, lots of. It's, yeah. it's, it's another example of the, tourism. It's, tourism, yeah. Shots. It's it's not badly shot. This, well, actually, no, there are some very country weird roads. Shots. Everyone's very unhelpful. There are some weird shots, but there, it gives them a chance to wander around the streets in, mm. and give mm. the ITV audience a sense of the majesty of. It's like, look, we've got on tour. We need to make the most of our shooting unit abroad. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> Uh, eventually, the directions they need are provided by a girl from the start of the episode. Who I think was once given some kind of pastry or French yes. thing. She, like helped, a- um, she helped Pam. Pamela Lyle escape from Major Barnes. And, and did she give her, and, and Pam gave her some. gave her, like, something wrapped in brown paper. Why did I assume like, it was a pastry? Trouble. I thought it was Perhaps a pastry as well. Perhaps we're both hungry. I think so it, it was, was a in, delicious a, it was in a triangle shape as mm. if it was, like, maybe a croissant of some kind. Mm. 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 Yes. I'm a, yeah. It's all named different European. <laughs> it was a Cornish pasty. Um, and, um, but nonetheless, this, her earlier help, this side, this, this subplot comes to full resolution here as she overhears them asking for this particular apothecary and she sort of emerges and goes this way, this way, this way, but men aren't allowed in. So Pyra has to wait outside. Um, and Pam, uh, has an agonizing conversation with a blind woman. Her grandmother. Hmm. I think we can, well, I feel like we can probably just cut to the resolution of this because Pam makes a right meal of it. (sighs) Yeah. Go on, what are you going to say? No, I, 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 there's a reveal coming, but I think you can tell us what the... Well, I mean, what I'm saying is I think there's a, um, so it's an agonizing conversation partly because by this point, if you don't think Marjorie did it, you're not paying attention Mm. to how anything has happened in this episode so far. Mm. Um, and also, uh, sort of Pam, Pamela speaks Greek. Well, but she speaks some. like smatterings yeah. of Greek. And, and the younger girl speaks Greek and smatterings of English. So it sort of goes between Pamela doing hand gestures, trying to explain the concept of yesterday. Tall, and dark hair. Yeah, like, <laughs> and, and sort of doing that thing of saying the words and then doing a hand gesture yeah. that doesn't really encapsulate the thing and looking expectantly and then sort of trying to do it in smatterings of you know actually is it greek it might be italian i think, I, it's I greek. I think it sounds know. like greek to me yeah. it's all greek to me um <laughs> and then just the whole thing is just it, it's not exactly excruciating it's more just that it's a bit dull in the same way that watching someone trying to do it in real life is yes <laughs> it's, it's an overlong scene where you get to watch an english person be awful <laughs> trying to speak a foreign language mm. um she determines that uh, the, yes, the, the, some poison was sold to an English person. She's like, was he a tall man or a short man? But no, it was a lady. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> 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 um, and, um, she runs outside to borrow and says, oh, but why would she help her husband mar- murder that woman? And you're like, and oh, gives, Pam. You damn bitch. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it was, why would, why would she help her husband unsuccessfully poison Tony Chantry? And Poirot's just like, for fuck's sake. Or, why would, uh, she help someone successfully poison Valentine? Fuck's sake. Um. Uh, we, we cut back to the hotel where I've written in square brackets to indicate this might be a subtitle. Italian shouting. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like, um, yeah, people just shouting at each other at the hotel desk. There's actually a whole like mechanic of the, the way they, we haven't got time to get into it, but the way they distract the, um, guy at the front desk in order to steal passports is simply someone screams because he's so, <laughs> he's so, um, nervous after there being a murder the previous day that the easiest way to get him to, like literally that is the whole way they Get access well, to it. Someone screams because a praying mantis is on their pillow, I believe. Oh, there we go. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then he goes to help them out because people are so freaked out about the murder. Oh, it's another clue, isn't it? Because cause we know that Marjorie's not afraid of creepy things because she's well into getting up close to a snake. That's true. <laughs> There's so clues. many layers to this episode. There's so many layers to this obvious mystery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's not about the solution. 
And it's not really about the journey because the journey doesn't make any sense. It's very much about the mood. <laughs> yes, indeed. Just honking on that mood board. That's not what you do on a mood board. But Stop thinking the... about honking on Bobo for one minute. <laughs> God damn it, Becky. Um, the, um, so there, uh, there is a, uh, the a kind of slowest car chase. Yes. So this is what I meant when I said that, um, when I said that now, now, okay, yeah, the, obviously the, ti- like the, the culprits are escaping. They've got to get them. Uh, the, their tiny slow car gets stuck in traffic. And this, provi- <laughs> this provides time for Paro to do it's what. It's not really traffic so much as they just took a route through a really populated like, yes, area. They're trying to drive through a crowd of people. They're trying to drive through a marketplace. Um, but there's really no sense of urgency to this yet. Like they, so uh, in the car, Paro explains to Pamela exactly what's happened. So the, the traditional like drawing room confrontation scene. I know you did it, and this is why. This is what I mean about the, the traditional elements mm. being in here, but in a real weird order. Yeah. Um, including the murder of flipping out, which we'll get to, um, happen in the car. Like, they're just stuck <laughs> in the car. And so he just explains it in the car. He explains the, um, he's going to explain the latter half of that in a different vehicle in a minute. And, um, and, um, Nice tease, Chris. That's <laughs> ah, so good. This is so good. Like, if this episode hadn't gone so completely off the rails at the end, mm. I think it would have like marked it down a bit. Mm. But this is about to make up for it for me. Um, he so yes, so he's um so um Marg Marguerite Marjorie no, Marjorie 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 and, Marjorie. and Tony. Genu- Marjorie and Tony are in cahoots. They're already having an affair right. that predates. The, yeah, yeah, they you, started you an affair in England, and this tallies with stuff from the beginning of the episode where um. What's a Marjorie tells Poirot that no that her husband had said that they should go mm. when actually he'd overheard them saying that you know she'd forced him on this holiday and um the the whole idea was essentially that they will do the murder because Douglas doesn't believe in divorce so she can't like divorce him to marry Chantry so that is the essential bones of the mystery i guess is just that yeah, yeah. it's actually the other couple <sighs> the other the other people triangle couple that yeah it's almost like a love square <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and, and that's where square on holiday <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well that's where um douglas's catholicism comes in as like mm. a, a, a point in his favor because he wasn't looking to divorce her therefore yeah. you know that's that's kind of part of the and it explains some of the smaller like things about like how it was Tony's idea for them to go on holiday because that makes sense in this plot, but he hates it, so that so it didn't make sense earlier, but now it does. So there is some, there is some, you know, there's some mystery and craft here. It's just a bit of a weird episode. So Marjorie bought the poison, but it was Tony that put it in the drink that he then gave to Valentine, and then in the confusion, he slipped the poison vial into uh douglas's pocket mm. so this is expressed during an extremely low stakes car chase mm. uh, that gives way to a low stakes on foot harbor search mm. that lasts about two seconds before extremely high stakes. before the best so then who can come to their rescue at this moment they've already boarded a ship they make they, they can't be found except it's Major, Major Barnes standing the biggest fish anyone's ever <laughs> seen. Five-day-old swordfish sword hoisting a five-day-old swordfish aloft his head, <laughs> like sort of standing on a small green boat, sliding past in the harbour. He parks up. He says, "He's a yes, he is a spy, but he's not here to spy on the Italians. He is here to spy on." Commander Chantry. I feel like that's a lie, or that he's basically stopped his spying just to have a bit of a yeah, sticky but beak isn't he, other people's But Chantry business. is a spy? Yeah, so, hang on. And they're escaping no. to Turkey. That's the, isn't that the thing? No, I thought... Okay. <laughs> no, I, I thought that Major Barnes is actually, you know, a, a spy or works for, you know, the um, intelligence services in some capacity. But that, like, he had... He, and he had been keeping an eye on Italian, like, fortifications and things, but that he then got sidetracked by this other, this murder, basically. Sideline and busy business. You know. Yeah. Oh, we're going to get there. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, right. yeah. Um he noted them, like, heading out of the harbour, seemingly, right. to Turkey. I see. Sorry, I thought this was even, I thought there was even more point to him being in this than there actually is. <laughs> Alas. There's only three points, Chris. It's a triangle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, Thank you. So, um, so they, they join. They him. give chase in a tiny fishing boat. It's very so, important. Driven yeah, by so a very old man. 
also like and there's no sense of what they're gonna do when they catch no. up to them like it's like well i mean i think poirot says that major barnes can take tony chantry perhaps <laughs> but like i mean there's no real i mean valent um marjorie could probably punch poirot it's, like, <laughs> it's yes there is no plan they just chase him poirot yeah. explains like the rest of the plot in the boat <laughs> and then they draw this I want to just run through the sequence from beat by beat because it's fucking amazing. <laughs> so they draw closer in the boat. They see their boat on the horizon, the other boat, which has the escaping Chantry and Marjorie in it. Um, Poirot pulls out a gigantic pair of binoculars. <laughs> like, not big in the chunky way, just extremely long. They're about well, one and a half feet long. Yeah, they're like, they're like the legs of a Zimmer frame. They're they, like- have, they have an <laughs> extender as well yeah mm. um at which point you hear bellowed quietly enough to be very funny from the other <laughs> boat it's a bloody belgian busybody <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and this is as close to an action scene as we've gotten so far in say, the first season apart. it is that <laughs> because a is yeah. funnier yeah well, the indefinite article oh, yeah. is funnier it's, it's that yeah it's a bloody belgian busy buddy like no no it's, it's that because a um, would be amazing if um, it was just like the, yeah. as always happens <laughs> yeah. and then but then the best line it's a it's that bloody belgian busybody. get the dynamite <laughs> <laughs> it has previously been established that the greeks are fishing with dynamite yeah but that makes it not better that, but this that, is it's barely anything this entire fucking like cause and effect is amazing <laughs> yeah so so then tony's just standing on deck with a stick of dynamite, dynamite getting <laughs> ready about to, to throw it at i think Poirot. we all could have predicted is how this episode <laughs> is gonna, gonna end, end. <laughs> and um and now we're about to form the real triangle of roads because there is not two boats in pursuit oh, but a third boat when suddenly standing astride his own boat full of armed men the Italian detective arrives having also figured this out and well, also found I have them. no idea no like, how he got there doesn't matter he's here now he's gesturing from his boat one of his men shoots Tony who drops the dynamite into the sea which slightly explodes yeah. it explodes as much as ITV dynamite can <laughs> which is not much I, I, I don't want to cross the streams with the other franchise we're interested in this evening but it is the closest to an exit warp sequence you're yeah, ever exactly. going to get an episode like, of ITV I am here <laughs> and you are rubbish and I am amazing and I've just written in this excellent detective like <laughs> do you remember what he says uh, what does he say he says um, will you English people stop trying to kill each other or I'll arrest you all <laughs> <laughs> he basically shows up and says stop being silly <laughs> This is silly. Stop doing mysteries. <laughs> so, well, he, yeah, he essentially shows up and goes, for God's sake. So, it's just, yes. it's just, mm. it is like, how do we end this? Just keep going. <laughs> it's like they had, the, they had the regular amount of excitement for an episode of Praro, but they just allocated it really weirdly. So let's have half an hour of just like hanging out and then half an hour of dynamite chasing. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's not even that. It's like, and it's, it's like the, there is the drawing room scene in Paro where the murderer once once discovered draws a gun and <laughs> says like you'll never take me alive I'll never hang and then someone goes Quentin you will and he goes oh and then he sits oh, down God, again yes, <laughs> like and and this is that but at scale dynamite. where it's like where it's like it's that Belgian get the dynamite oh no I'm an Italian with a gun bang oh I've dropped it in the sea I guess I will hang. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think, but then, like, and then it just, like, transitions to the wrap-up, because it's, you know, Douglas is continuing to take his now sad holiday. Yes, like, he's now having the worst holiday, holiday. To the bitter anymore. end. Yes, it, it even says that, doesn't he? He's like, he's going to stay for the entire holiday, you know? Yeah. His, the, this woman he was flirting with is dead. Her, his wife is going to hang. Her husband's going, everyone he's made friends with in this holiday is going to die, except Poirot, and Poirot's never spoken to him in this episode, because never actually in the same room together. Spent really. all that money on that, that swimming one costume. You might as well enjoy it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but uh, Pamela has an amazing dress. That was She yeah, does. She's really dolled up for this finale. And at first she's going to miss P. Aww. HP. Yeah. Mm. Missing that P. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's sort of, he has 
usually he's a lot more unambiguously nice to people, but like I can't quite decide whether he likes her or they not. They do a like, bit of kissy business. There's, like, a, there's, there's a long the kiss end, on the cheek. They have which like is a, a weird place to kiss long. <laughs> <laughs> they have like a really touching sort of quite tender goodbye. But like at other points during the episode, especially this bit when they're on the terrace, kind of looking at Sad Douglas, that you know, yeah, they are just stood on a sad terrace in a tux and ball gown watching a sad man yeah. kick things into the sea but then you know <laughs> it's kind of like she's saying oh i wish you didn't have to go and he's just like yeah well Don't live here you know and she and- says like will we ever see each other again and he goes like oh <laughs> so it's those kinds of things yeah. where he he's a bit tonally all over the place yeah. like i can't yeah. work out what he's oh. it's in a strange place like because him treating his friends very distantly is not that unfamiliar because he can be cold with hastings mm. you know there is definitely like a place within within when you enter Poirot's circle where you're just like, oh, it's you again. Oh, yeah. Okay. But yeah, their relationship is strange. She's a strange character. You don't. She, the entire episode would work if she wasn't in it. Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> well, she's sort of there to be the Hastings foil, I think. And like, I'd be interested to go back and read the short story in case it, because I think because uh, I looked it up um, just after we'd watched to see whether. It made more sense, and apparently one of the reviews of the collection that it's in is that it's the it doesn't hang together properly. Mm. It's like tonally all over the place, and right, that motivations follows. don't really <laughs> make sense. Um, but yeah, so I. But then also, like, just to because apparently we just need to put a bow on everyone except for you know what actually happens to the the murderers um <laughs> we we also bid farewell to major barnes oh so yeah. oh yeah he's off to he's abyssinia, off to abyssinia. Mm. and in a few years the war will probably claim him yes. say goodbye to the funny fish man <laughs> everything <laughs> he, he does is in vain he's kind of like he takes such a laissez-faire approach to his spying because Poirot's like oh are you off to abyssinia next and he's like how, how did, did you, you know Oh well, and yeah, then yeah, exactly. like wanders off. And you're like, oh well. And then yeah, okay. some strange line like, "Well, it's almost time for the ostrich season, is it not?" Ostrich you're, shooting season. You're like, I'm sure. Hastings runs past. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> gun. Oh god. So that that's basically it, right? That's it. We've done uh, it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it wouldn't make sense if we felt like it had finished yeah. because it didn't feel we like have, it had finished. Yeah. So let's yeah. let's have some closing thoughts on Triangle at Rhodes. Well, I mean. <laughs> That was a hot mess. <laughs> Felt like it was, I thought it was very evocative. I'm quite jet lagged right now. <laughs> so I found it very, um, it made a lot of sense to me. <laughs> I, I, I felt it was trying to express something about how traveling is terrible. <laughs> I like how each character committed to it. Like mm. there was no one who half asked their performance, I think. That's true. I think maybe Valentine over full arsed her death. <laughs> I, yes, I think. Also, I would I'd argue. I'd rather that than a, a Monday. Yeah, you don't half arse. I though. wonder if the man who played the, the Yorkshire Rhodes person mm-hmm. was told, hey, can you do a Greek accent for this scene? And <laughs> he's like, like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> and so they had a very brief line where he's like, I came here a couple of years ago and just loved it so much I stayed. Anyway, that's explains my <laughs> accent onto the scene. And, um, <laughs> like, and so I wonder if he was, he was either full arsing something that no one needed arsing <laughs> or under arsing it. Mm, that's right. true. Uh, that's maybe my only, uh, my only complaint. But no, the extra of the week for me has to go to that Italian inspector because A, he actually solves the problem that Pyro mm. doesn't. And Would B, you say he's an extra though? Cause has he not, can you be an extra if you exit warp on a, I on think a if you boat. are not named, you're an extra. But his he name is, is, is he not named? Okay. Yeah, I don't think he's named. Mm. If not him, then, oh. Okay, Slowly rotating old woman in the market who I really enjoyed. Yeah. Shout out to her. I don't know why she mm. was rotating, but it added something to me. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, next I we think mo- I'd go for the doorman. The doorman right at the start. Peaked early this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very much a cold open. <laughs> well, so I think more that everybody else managed to like worm their way into being full on characters. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, well, next, the next episode, which will be in the new year, I imagine, at this point, pre-Christmas. Is it your fave? Uh, we're moving on to the problem at sea. 
I believe so. Uh, okay. Which well, they've already had quite a few problems. That's well, I suspect because this one is also a location <laughs> problem episode. Problem by sea. <laughs> um, this is also a location episode. Also involves a boat, and I'm 99 percent sure it's set is filmed in the same place where they filmed the road stuff in this episode. Maybe it had a beef. I think they filmed it from a different whatever. angle. Um, so we'll, uh, I hadn't seen this episode before, but I have seen that one. Uh, it does include my favorite extra in Pyro ever. Um, I'm sure I might have right. overegged at this point, but I do. Uh, I, I love him. I wonder if he'll bear up second. Watching. I wonder if he will. It really tickled me the first time. Don't know if it will this time. Um, I would <laughs> Maybe say. You hadn't seen Triangle at Rhodes. That's till true. That point. I would say that my favorite thing about Problem at Sea, which we'll get to, is that it's called Problem at Sea, which you'd think would be like, oh, there's a problem with the ballast valve, <laughs> or the sail has fallen off. It's murder. <laughs> the problem is murder, and it happens early enough in the episode to build a detective show around that. <laughs> so you got that to look forward to. I, that's very exciting. I'm sorry I won't be here to enjoy that. <laughs> 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 the rare and adorable Pip Fuck. sneeze. Hey, could you like lop that out? <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll see. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks for sneezing, Pip. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks for joining us, my sister Rebecca Thurston. Thanks for having me, Yay! Pip and Chris. You're very welcome. I've enjoyed talking about this strange fever dream. <laughs> Should we? We probably can't commit to another Poirot before the new year, mm. which is a shame, but I don't want people to to worry that, yeah. that we've fallen into the sea or <laughs> similar. Because um, I know that we've been a bit erratic of late um, and it's been because work schedules and illness and all manner of other problems at sea. and things. Mm, indeed. But I just thought we should probably do that tiny tiny bit of housekeeping slash uh, responsible indeed talking <laughs> i don't know <laughs> it was good it was good responsible it talking um, derailed this whole thing <laughs> should I, well what else of an outro do we need well if you'd like to support this podcast or the great incredible more broadly or a spin-off you can find out uh, details about uh funding and, and supporting us on uh, patreon at patreon.com forward slash create and crowbar we are aware that there's some issues with patreon at the moment we're going to address I believe them believe they may have walked those back have they i, I ain't been paying attention because i've been avoiding the internet because of star wars spoilers <laughs> if that's hey. the case great if not we'll deal with it in the new year can but we establish that we're all about to go see star wars and we, that's probably infected our mood for this indeed it's, it's what time we have it? 15 more minutes Jesus. until the cab gets here so and, i do need to do this watching up. this episode we haven't been spoiled so if you're in a position where you're trying to avoid Star Wars spoilers. Maybe just watch, watch Triangle, Triangle Roads. Roads. It you will have any spoilers. It will fully occupy your brain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, and you'll spend a fair amount of time wondering what the hell is going on and when there's going to be a murder. Indeed. Just like The Last Jedi, maybe. Oh, no. Um, uh, so <laughs> uh, that's it from us. Yes, let's say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.